Several weeks ago, the Lord began to lay on my heart about ministering concerning increasing our faith. And, um, and the more I got to study in it, and the more I got to looking into it, the more I, I, I thought, well, I, I'm going to do this as a series, so we'll try to cover the majority of this in a couple of Sundays. And I'm not sure I'm going to be able to cover everything the Lord's kind of been putting into me in a couple of Sundays. So we may go, you know, like three Sundays on this particular topic. This morning is just going to be, I don't know, the overall title of what the Lord would put on my heart is increasing our faith. But the message that I want to speak this morning is just, uh, I'll call it Faith 101. We're just going to lay some groundwork. We're just going to lay some groundwork for understanding how our faith is increased and how important that our faith is. If you have your scripture this morning and want to share God's word with me, I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of Luke, and we're going to read from Luke chapter 17, beginning with the fifth verse. So Luke chapter 17 beginning with the fifth verse. I encourage you this morning, if you can, in the next few weeks, be here. I I encourage you to be here. I believe the Lord has some things to speak to our hearts about not only faith, but about how faith increases in our life. If you're not able to be here, tune in to the uh, internet or tune in to the website and, and listen there. But If you desire to have your faith enlarged, if you desire to have your faith increased, I encourage you to uh, be a part of this uh, lesson. So Luke chapter 17, verse number 5, the Bible says, And the apostles said unto the Lord. Now, I, I thought about, you know, beginning at the very beginning of the chapter, Because I find it ironic that at the very beginning of the chapter, Jesus is telling his disciples how often that they are to forgive someone that has done them wrong. Peter said seven times. Jesus said no, 70 times seven. And and then the, and they no sooner have that conversation and the apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. (laughs) I don't know if I can I don't know if I can forgive my brother that many times in one day. But understand the disciples are desiring to have an increase in their faith. Lord increase our faith. And the Lord said to them, if ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea. And it should obey you. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him, by and by, when he has come in from the field, go, sit down at meat. And will not rather say to him, make ready wherewith I may eat, and gird thyself, and serve me, until I have eaten and drank, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Does does the master, he says in verse 9, doth he thank the servant because he did the things which were commanded of him? I think not. Absolutely not. He says, so likewise ye, 
When ye have done all of those things which are commanded you, saying, We are unprofitable servants. We have done that, or we have done that which was our duty only. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning. Ask that you bow your heads, please, and let us pray together in our Lord's name. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity that we have today to be in the house of God. We thank you this morning, Heavenly Father, for the touch of your Holy Spirit that we have sensed as we have worshipped and as we have praised. And now we come to the reading of your word. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help me to bring forth those things that you have placed within my spirit. Open the eyes of our understanding and enlarge our revelation. Give us, I pray this morning, Lord, a heart to not only hear and receive, but a heart, O God, that is touched of your Holy Spirit. To allow that seed that's planted to be planted deep within our heart. I pray above all things, Lord, that you would glorify your name and that you will edify your people. Of my own self, I confess I am inadequate for this moment. But I pray, Heavenly Father, if you will touch me with your anointing. And you will give me divine anointing and divine ability. Touch my mind, my thoughts, my speech, and everything about me. Lord, bless me to be a blessing. And Father, for all of these things, we will be eternally grateful. And we ask them in the mighty and glorious name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone in agreement said amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm going to title the overall series, Increase Our Faith. And when I begin to think about the word, just simply the word faith, I would submit to you this morning that there have been thousands upon thousands of books that have been written about faith. There have probably been millions upon millions upon millions over the years of sermons that have been preached about faith and words spoken to encourage individuals' faith. But I believe with all of my heart this morning that this series is a God thing. I believe that God is wanting not only for us to consider our faith, but I believe that God is wanting to challenge each one of us to believe for bigger and better things in our life. Faith. When we begin to talk about faith, amen, we talk about faith, it seems sometimes that talk or faith is some kind of elusive or some kind of unknown or some kind of unattainable thing. Like the proverbial Bigfoot. People say they have seen it. We have heard about it. But often we have never really seen its actions in our own lives. I want you to understand this morning that God is desiring for all of us to have our faith increased. I dare say that all of us here this morning, like our disciples, have at some point or another in our life desired to have a greater faith. 
a greater faith. I dare say that many of us here in this place have often thought to ourselves, I would love to have a more vibrant faith and a more vibrant walk with God. And if you have not thought that, I believe that at some point in your life you should. Can you say amen? amen. And I will tell you why this morning. First of all, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, the Bible tells a story of two blind men that came to Jesus wanting to receive their sight. And Jesus asked them, he said, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to the Lord, yes, Lord, we believe that you are able to give us our sight. And the words that Jesus spoke to them, and you'll find it in Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 29. The words that Jesus spoke to them are very, very powerful. And they tell us why we should desire to have a greater increase of faith in our life. Jesus says to them, the Bible said that he touched their eyes saying these words, according to your faith, so be it unto you. According to your faith, so be it unto you. That is a very powerful statement. That is a very powerful scripture because it reveals to us that the only thing that limits God in our lives is us. The only thing that limits God from moving in our lives is our unbelief. Do you remember the story of the Old Testament saints? They have been delivered out of Egypt's bondage and they have made their way to the banks of the, of the Jordan River and they refuse to go in. Why? Because of their unbelief. Amen. Because of their unbelief, they looked over there and saw giants and they saw the impossible and they could not seem to believe God for the possible. What limited God? Nothing but their unbelief. Jesus says, according to your faith, so be it unto you. The only thing that limits God from doing the impossible in our life is our lack of faith. That one scripture reveals to us two very powerful principles. Those spiritual principles that that verse reveals to us are just as powerful as the principles or the law of gravity and sowing and reaping. How many of you know that what goes up must come down? That is a natural law. It is a natural law. That is a principle of gravity or the law of gravity. How many of you know that you will reap exactly what you sow? It's a natural law. You don't have to try to put it in gear. It's already in gear. If you plant corn, you're not going to get watermelon. Right? If you plant corn, you're going to get corn. It is a natural law. 
Jesus said these words, or the scripture says these words, be not deceived because God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He goes on to say, if a man sows to his flesh, then of the flesh he is going to reap corruption. But if he sows to the spirit, then of the spirit he is going to reap life everlasting. It is a spiritual law. Amen. It is a spiritual law. Amen. Whatever you can believe God for, you can receive from God. The two principles that I want to talk about this morning that that verse reveals to us are, are, the, are the, the, the two principles. The law of faith. The law of faith. Here is the, here is the basic premise of faith. God says you get to choose. According to your faith, so be it unto you. How many of you would like to see some more things or some greater things happening in your life? I have good news. It's up to you. It's up to you. If you feel like you were living below, amen, your spiritual uh, right in God, if you feel like you are living in spiritual poverty and physical poverty, if you feel like you are living in lack, I got some good news for you. Amen. According to your faith, so be it unto you. You can change where you are by changing your faith. You believe that? You can change your circumstances by changing your level of faith. That is so, and you get to choose according to your faith. So be it unto you. Well, I don't know about you. That just puts all, I mean, that just puts the ball back in my court. It's up to you according to. To your faith, so be it unto you. That law says, think about this for a minute. We will never have anything more than what we believe God for. If we are going through this life with low expectations and a small-minded kind of faith, then we are going to receive exactly what we are believing for. According to your faith, if we are going to go through life believing that God can't take, amen, or God won't take, or God won't do something in our life, amen, we are are going to be disappointed, amen, because we are living according to our faith. The law of faith, it is up to us. The second law that I talked about or the second principle is the fact that we, it is called the law of expectation or what I would call the law of expectation. We tend to get exactly what we expect to get. We, we tend to see exactly what we expect to see. We tend to hear exactly what we expect to hear. We tend to feel exactly what we expect to feel. And we inevitably will receive exactly what we are expecting to receive. 
Try it sometime. I challenge you, try it sometime. Don't just come to church next Sunday thinking about, well, it's Sunday morning. I guess I ought to get up and go on to church. Amen. No, I'll tell you what. Get up next Sunday morning saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord and come walking into the church house with some expectation in your heart and just see if God doesn't meet you right there at that point of expectation. Because we tend to get exactly what we are expecting. You say, can you prove that biblically? I'll give you two biblical examples. I mean, if you remember the Bible talked about a little woman with an issue of blood. You'll find it in Mark chapter 5. Suffered a long time of many physicians and was getting no better, but rather grew worse. And she said, now how many of you know, she said, and the Bible said, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So something down on the inside of her had an expectation. She said, because out of the abundance of the heart, her mouth, her lips were moving. (laughs) Hello? She said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know that I know that I know I will be made whole. And how many of you know she got exactly what she was expecting? Let me give you another example. How about the little widow woman in 2 Kings uh, who was told by the prophet, go and borrow vessels uh, from your neighbors and don't borrow a few. uh, And you go home and start pouring out that little pot of oil that you got. Uh, Amen. The Bible said that she went and borrowed vessels uh, from her neighbor, brought them into the house uh, and told her son, you start pouring the oil into the vessel and I'll just keep handing you new vessels, uh, empty vessels. Uh, And then the Bible said she just kept pouring oil and kept pouring oil and she said hand me yet another vessel and they said to her there are no more vessels what are you saying I'm telling you God gave her exactly what she was expecting I have always said if she could have got enough vessels in the house she'd still be there pouring oil today because God gave her exactly what she was expecting Well, let me just stop for a minute to just ask you, what are you expecting? Are you expecting life as usual? I promise you, you're not going to be disappointed. That's what you're going to get. Or are you challenging your spirit to say, my soul will rise up in the Lord. I am a child of the living God. I am the anointed of the Lord. I am his child. I am his seed. I am his servant. I am his son. I am his daughter. Amen. And let the enemy know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And just go on in victory. Because I promise you're going to get exactly what you expect. Hmm. Hallelujah. Because according to your faith, so be it unto you. According to your faith, so be it unto you. Listen to me for a minute this morning. Faith is the economy of God. Faith is the economy of God. 
Now, what do you mean by that, preacher? I'm just meaning that God operates on faith. God operates on faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. That is to say that if we are ever going to receive anything from God, it will be because of our faith. Because of our faith. Scripture tells us in Romans chapter 14 and verse number 23, the Bible tells us that whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And that just simply means that if it is out of the realm of faith, it is in the realm of unbelief. And if it is in the realm of unbelief, it is sin. And sin will always bring nothing but condemnation and imprisonment to our spirit. We need to understand this morning that God conducts spiritual business that affects every part of our life based upon the economy of faith. Let that resonate in your heart. God is always moved by faith. The Bible tells us, and I'm going to give you three scriptures here and, just, and then just kind of talk about it. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. The Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without having faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must first believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Romans chapter 1 verse number 16 and verse number 17. Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein, therein the word of God, therein the gospel of Christ, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, he goes on to say, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I want to give you one more verse, and it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7. And again, the apostle Paul tells us that if we are born again and we are blood bought by the power of Christ, then we are to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Too many of God's people are walking by what they see in the natural instead of believing, uh, amen, what God can do in the supernatural. You hear what I'm saying this morning? It's time that you and I begin to believe God and walk in faith uh, no matter what we see and in spite of what we see. Those three scriptures reveal to us three very specific things. Number one, it reveals to us and we learn that we must have faith in order to have a pleasing relationship with God. We must have faith in order to have a pleasing relationship with God. For the scripture that we read in Hebrews eleven six 6 said without faith, it is impossible it is impossible to please God. 
The second thing that we learn is that the just shall live by faith. Those who are justified in the sight of the Lord, those who have been justified in the sight of God, they must walk by faith and not by sight. And the third thing that we learn is that our faith must be ever increasing and ever growing or expanding. In verse number 17 of the book of Romans, we read it, it says from faith to faith, meaning that there is a going, there should be a growth level in our life, meaning that we are to grow our faith from one level unto another level. So we are clearly taught this morning that not only can our faith grow and increase, but we are also learned that we are to be striving to grow our faith from one level unto another level, from faith to faith and from glory to glory and from one revelation in Christ into another revelation in Christ. Amen. I'm going to tell you something this morning. It is natural for children to grow. We are the children of God. Amen. It should be a natural thing for us to be growing from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Amen. We ought to be growing and increasing in our faith life. Now understand that's not going to happen without opposition. Hello? That is not going to happen without opposition. The enemy of our soul is going to do everything in his power to overthrow our faith. Listen to what the Bible said in John 10 and 10. It says that the thief comes, but for only one reason, to kill and to steal and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Satan's number one objective is to steal, to kill, and to destroy our faith. And that is why we are told in the word of God that we are to contend for our faith. Uh, Jude chapter 1 and verse number 3, Jude writes and he says, Beloved, I exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. In other words, we are going to have to fight to keep it. We are going to have to fight to keep our faith. There are going to be some obstacles. There are going to be some uh, things that come into our life that try to overthrow our faith. There are going to come some hindrances that are going to come to hinder our walk with God. And we need to learn how to fight for our faith. Pastor Gary, how do we fight for our faith? I would submit to you this morning that we have to fight to keep our faith uh, by keeping our mind, amen, upon the word of God and a word of God fresh uh, in our minds and keeping our eyes uh, fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number two uh, said that we are to be looking unto Jesus uh, who is the author and 
the finisher of our faith. If faith this morning is the economy of God, and it is, if faith this morning is always what moves the hand of God, and it is, if the enemy desires to steal and to hinder our faith, and he does, if we are ever going to have an ever-growing faith, and we should, then we must never forget that we need to keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, our faith starts in Christ and it'll end in Christ. And we have to keep our eyes focused upon him. Amen. Faith provides everything that we need. Faith provides everything that we need. Faith is what provided you and I our salvation. Faith is what provided you and I our salvation. E- Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 and verse number 9. This is a very, very revealing verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 and verse number 9. It says, For by grace... Are you saved through faith? Now listen, that's not the end of the verse. For by grace are you saved through faith. And then he says, and that is not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Not of works, not of good deeds, lest any man should boast. In other words, he is saying that this faith that we need so desperately, this faith that we need in order to receive anything from God, he's telling us that we are not getting it for ourselves. It is a gift from God. God gave us the gift faith provides our day-to-day victory john first john chapter 5 and verse number 4 the bible said whatsoever is born of god overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith faith is what makes the impossible possible hebrews 11 and 1 said now faith is the substance of things hope for and the evidence of things that have not yet been seen. The God's word translation says faith assures us of things that we expect. Amen. Our expectation and convinces us of the things that exist that we cannot see. I came to tell you this morning that God has some things for you that your eyes have not seen yet and your ears have not heard yet. But faith knows they're right there. And faith is the substance that'll bring it into existence. The writer is telling us that faith is tangible. It it is a tangible material. It is the substance of things hoped for. And let me just tell you this morning, faith is what will bring to you the miracle that you need. Faith, emotion can't do it. Goodwill can't do it. Compassion can't do it. But faith can do it. 
Faith is the material that'll build your miracle. Let me give you some verses, a few examples. Luke chapter 7 and verse number 50. The Bible tells a story of a woman that came to Jesus, knelt at his feet, and began to wash his feet with her tears. And this is what Jesus said to her in Luke 7 and 50. He said, go in peace. Thy, thy faith hath made you whole. Go in peace. Her faith gave her her miracle of salvation. Go in peace. Your faith has saved thee. The Bible says in Luke chapter 8, verse number 48, again, the woman with the issue of blood, he said to her daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 19, Jesus said to one of the lepers, there were 10 of them, only one returned. He said to one of the lepers, amen, arise and go your way. Thy faith has made you whole. And that man went back shouting the praises of God back into the city of Jerusalem because his faith had built his miracle in Luke chapter 18 and verse number 42 Jesus tells a blind man at Jericho receive your sight thy faith your faith had made you whole and the man had a little Jericho march all of his own praising God because his faith had given him the miracle of his sight. Amen. The point is this morning that in every single case, their faith created their miracle. You need a miracle? Your faith can create that miracle. Your faith in God. Your faith in God. Every single one of those cases, their faith created their miracle that they needed in their life. And the truth of the matter is that if we are ever going to receive the miracle that we need in our lives, whether it is a miracle of deliverance, a miracle of salvation, whether it is a miracle of healing, whether it is a miracle of chains and bondages being broken, whatever you might have need of in your life this morning, it can come by faith because faith is the substance of things that you're expecting from God. Mm. Amen. You will get it in your spirit before you ever get it out here. Hello? I'm, I'm telling you that's true. You'll get it in your spirit before you ever get it out here. Fear will always tell you that you can't. Fear will always tell you that you are going under. How many of you have ever had the enemy hop up on your shoulder and tell you you are done? Amen. You might as well stick a fork in your buns because you are done. Hello? How many of you ever had the enemy tell me you are going down? I just came to tell somebody this morning, you ain't going down. You ain't going under. You are going over. Not by your might, not by your power, but by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hey, God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or even think according to the power that works in you. And that power is your faith. Hallelujah. 
Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Fear will always try to tell you you are going down. Fear will always try to take your legs out from under you. Fear will always try to take your breath away. But faith shouts from the housetop. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I commit unto him against that day. Faith will shout and declare, I know that my God is able. Faith will tell you, I can do all thanks to Christ uh, who strengthens me. Uh, Faith will declare no weapon that is formed against me will be able to prosper, not because of my ability, but because of the God that's on my side. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Good Lord have mercy. Y'all better buckle your seatbelt for the rest of this. (laughs) Faith Faith will look at the insurmountable and declare, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Faith will look at hell right in the eye and tell the enemy, I will not be touched with the fire. I'll not be going under under the flood tide. Amen. I know my God is able and I know my God can do the impossible. And I may not know where the miracle is coming from. I may not know when it's coming. I may not know how it's coming. But I know that I know that I know it's coming. Hmm. Hallelujah. Faith like the little woman that lost her child. Faith in the midst of trouble will declare it shall be well. Amen. Let me just tell you when you can look trouble in the eye and declare it shall be well. You got something going on down in the inside. You hear what I'm saying this morning? Faith declares the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Faith declares if God be for me, then who can stand against me? Hmm. Hallelujah. So the question arises, the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And the question arises, how do we get more faith? How do we increase our faith? I'm going to take a couple of Sundays to get to that. I mean, because it's not just a little little canned answer. I'm going to show you several things that come along that, that increase our faith. But the first thing that I want to point out to you this morning is I want you to notice what Jesus says to them. He said, Lord, increase our faith. And then Jesus goes off talking about mustard seed and trees. I don't think you understood them, Lord. They want more faith. And listen what Jesus says. He says, And the Lord said, this is in direct response to their request. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say, 
the old English is sycamine. It, it means a sycamore tree. You could say to the sycamore tree, be thou plucked up by the root. How many of you know sycamore trees are not no little bitty tree? I mean, this is a large tree. He said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, how many of you ever held a mustard seed in your hand? I mean, it is microscopic. It is, it's just itty-bitty. It is so small. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this sycamore tree, be plucked up by the root and be cast into the sea, and it would obey you. Wow. He also said, and you'll find it in the book of Mark, he also said, he said, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And if you doubt not in your heart, but believe that those things that you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. That's pretty powerful stuff. In essence, Jesus is saying, you don't need to have or ginormous or gigantic boulder-sized faith. You just need a little mustard seed of genuine faith. You just need a little seed of God faith. Genuine faith the size of a mustard seed is enough to replant trees and remove mountains. And you may be thinking to yourself, Pastor Gary, the mustard seed is so small, but I ask you to think for a moment, what happens to the mustard seed? When you plant it in the ground and you give it the nutrients that it needs and you create the atmosphere for it to increase, what happens to the mustard seed? It grows. As a matter of fact, the mustard seed or the mustard tree that Jesus is talking about, it grows to about nearly 60 feet tall. It is a seed no bigger than that. And it grows to the height of about 60 feet and about 30 feet in diameter. Let me, let me just give you a visual. From this wall to that wall is about 45 feet. And this little bitty seed has the potential. It has the potential to grow to 60 feet high. And over 30 feet in diameter. So that the fowls of the air come and lodge in its branches. Jesus has given us a little picture here this morning. He said all you need to start with is just a little mustard sized seed. And then you need to give it the right atmosphere so it can grow. You need to give it the right. If you don't ever give your seed your faith, you don't ever give your seed any kind of nutrient, you don't ever give your seed the kind of atmosphere, it'll never grow. You are going to remain faith stunted. You hear what I'm saying this morning? There are those of us here in this congregation with varying degrees of faith. Some with small faith, others with great faith. But it is not because we started out with a different measure of faith. 
The Bible said that God is no respecter of persons. So what I'm saying to you this morning is that God didn't give you a thimble full of faith and give me a bucket load of faith. It didn't happen that way. He gave us all the same seed. He gave us all the same measure. And now it is up to us to develop it. Now it is up to us to get it in the soil of God's word and let the rain of the Holy Spirit fall upon it and give it the right atmosphere. And when we do, faith begins to grow. Faith begins to grow. But we all started with the same size of seed. We all started with the same size of seed. The same measure of faith. Can you prove that with the scripture? I can. Let me just first of all tell you when God gave us all that seed. He gave it to us when we believed upon his name. I read it to you early. Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 8. It says, For by grace... Are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves? That faith that saved your soul was not of yourself. It was a gift of God. So what I'm telling you this morning is that the moment that we first believed, the moment that we repented of our sin and came to Christ, God imparted unto us that gift of faith, that seed, that mustard seed, that measure of faith. If God didn't, if God hadn't have given us that, because it's a gift of God, that faith is a gift of God, and God hadn't given it to us, none of us would be saved today. Because by grace are we saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it's a gift of God. We are saved because of a gift that God imparted unto us. You see what I'm saying? All right, preacher, all right, I, I, I follow you. But how do you know it was all the same measure? The Bible tells us it was. Look in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3. Look in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3. God did not impart unto some folks great faith and some folks little bitty faith. No, he gave us all the same measure. Some folks have just developed their faith. Some folks have been through some stuff that developed their faith. I'm going to get into that a little later on next week. Some folks have been into some stuff and got into some things that went through some things that, that helped develop their faith. But Romans chapter 12, verse number 3, it says that God hath. Everybody say, hath. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Some translations say a measure. But it means a specific unit. A specific measurement. The King James says the measure. But the point is that we have all been given the same amount or the standard size or the standard measurement. And let me just point out as well that God already has. It's not that God is going to. God already has. He's already done it. 
Faith is not something that we are trying to get. We've already got it. Faith is not something that we are praying for. We already possess it. Faith is not something that is elusive, an unattainable object of our desire. We already have it. Every believer was given the measure of faith. The measure of faith. And God does not give one more than the other. We have all been given the same precise measure when we believed upon the Lord and He imparted that gift of faith unto us. And now, we develop our faith by feeding upon the word of God and practicing, amen, putting into practice our faith. And that's where some people get left behind. Hello? That's where some people need to enlarge their faith. I have so much more, it's noon, I have so much more that I want to bring to you and so much more that it's upon my heart this morning. And there's no time on the clock to try to bring it all out. I told my wife, I said, this, this message this morning is going to be difficult for me because all of my preaching, I always come to a pointed conclusion at the end. I have a conclusion in a couple of weeks. So let, let me recap. Let me recap what we have tried to study this morning and tried to impart into you. Number one, faith is what moves the hand of God. Faith is the basis upon which God operates. Number two, without faith, it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Absolutely impossible. And you say, that is really a really powerful scripture. You know why? You know why? Without faith, it's impossible to please God because when we come to him, he's the one that gives us the faith. It's not something that we can't attain. He's, it's a gift. Number three, we're justified before God, not because of our works, not because of our good deeds, not because of anything that we do within ourselves, but we are justified by one thing and one thing only, and that is our faith. Thank God. If, listen, if we were justified by our works, we would all fall short. Um, even your best effort, the Bible says, is filthy rags. Number four, we learn that righteous or the righteous shall walk by faith and not by sight. Some of us really, really need to get a hold of that. Walk by faith and not by sight. Too many times we have our eyes in this earthly rim and we are looking at all of the impossibilities and God is wanting us to lift up our eyes and see the possible. They are only an impossibility to us because we are limited. But he is not limited. Let me give you an illustration. The Rocky Mountains are quite impressive from ground level. They are not that hot at 30,000 feet. Sometimes we are just looking at things from the wrong perspective. Hello? Start looking at things from God's perspective and things don't seem so impossible. 
We learned this morning that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. We learned that faith comes to all of us as a gift. The moment that we believe, we learned that we need to fight and contend for our faith. We learned the law of faith, which says, according to your faith, so be it unto you. We learned the law of expectation, which is we inevitably will receive what we are expecting to receive. We learned that we have all been given the same measure of faith when we placed our trust in the Lord. And we learned that if our faith is going to grow, then we have to put that seed in the right soil. Give it the right kind of nutrients. Feed it the right kind of atmosphere. And when you do, it will explode and turn into something much bigger than you ever believed. You see what I'm saying this morning? We learn that we must feed and practice our faith if it is going to increase and grow. Next week, I encourage you to be here because I want to bring to you next week four, and the Lord may change that between now and next week, but so far I have four specific things that I want to show you how that God challenges our faith. They are four very common things in this life, but those very four common things God tests us and tries us and he does so so that our faith will grow. Come next week. I don't want you to miss out. Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I have endeavored to do what you have asked me to do. I have endeavored to deliver what you have placed in my spirit and upon my heart. I pray, oh God, that the soil that these seeds of my lips have fallen into will be good soil. That we will not only have a desire to have our faith increase, but Lord, that we will be willing to be willing to come and receive more of that information and that knowledge so that we might grow. So that we may have a biblical understanding of this faith that we operate in. Thank you that faith is a gift of God. Thank you for your unspeakable gift of love and faith and mercy and grace to us. Thank you, Lord, that faith is a seed with great potential. I pray this morning, Heavenly Father, that you will guard the hearts of these, the hearers, and that you will allow the seed that has been planted in their soul today to remain. Let it be planted in good soil. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We pray in the name of Jesus. How many of you are here in this place this morning and you would be willing to slip up your hand and say, Pastor Gary, I learned something today. I learned something today. God bless you. God bless you. All over the building. God bless you. God bless you this morning. I love you. I appreciate you with all of my heart. They're going to lead us in another worship course. I pray that you'll just stand this morning and worship the Lord. I thank you for being here today. I thank you for listening attentively. I encourage you to come again as the Lord begins to continue to open up this idea and this passage of scripture to us. We're not through with our text. Come again. God bless you. Stand to your feet.